What's up, y'all? You are listening to For the Artists, a podcast brought to you by Creative M Projects. I am your host, Melissa Cherie, and I have the pleasure of introducing someone who I am just getting to meet, who came highly recommended. She has been singing professionally for 35 years, so she, you know, basically out of the womb. <laughs> and her name is Shauna D. Music has been a part of her heart and soul since she started singing at the age of five. Apparently, she was in a talent show. We can ask her about that. Mm-hmm. In addition to performing musical theater nationwide, As a singer and an actor, she has performed and recorded with some pretty amazing people, celebrities, okay? We're going to name drop a few. Uh-oh. And she can she can tell us more about them, but uh, she has worked with Snoop Dogg. She has worked with Michelle. She has worked with Kelly Rowland of Destiny's Child, Montel Jordan, Coco. Oh, my goodness. Something about Christina Aguilera. She has she's been behind the scenes and in front of the scenes on stage. Okay, this woman is she's a G. She's doing things and has been doing things for a while. Her latest passion project is a musical collection that brings together her love of music with the idea of teaching kids. So we can ask her about that. But let's give it up. If y'all was here, I'd be like, stand on your feet. Let's give it up for Shauna D. Hi. Hey. Welcome. I'm listening back like, who's she talking about? But I guess it is me. I'm talking (laughs) about you. You know, I love when, when people come on and they have that response. Because what is the phrase, give people flowers now? You know, it's like we we do need to acknowledge and recognize and celebrate the things that we have done and are doing. And you are doing some amazing things. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I don't think about it. I was recently recognized with my sorority as well. And um, it was MC Light and and the the mayor of Long Beach. He's like the first black mayor and all these people. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, is that me? And and they were showing the videos, and I'm like, oh my god, like God, God is good. So that's me, y'all. <laughs> that's beautiful. So when you when you started singing at five, mm-hmm. that, that takes you back for a little bit. I mean, were you did you dream that you would have a life filled with doing music, or did you just think I just love to sing? No, I just love to sing. I was just one of those kids that was like, oh, now I want to act. Now I want to. It's just. You know, I was just one of those kids where my parents were like, oh, just get her in something. You know how you have kids that are really in sports and their families would be like, oh, well, you know, he's a, so fast running. So he's going to be a track star. I don't think that kid at five is probably like, oh, I'm going to be an Olympian. Right. But um, for me, no, it's just something that I just love to do. And I think that bug came like after high school, really. Because when I finally was like, oh, let's, let me see if I can make some money doing this because I'm broke. <laughs> Wait a minute. After high school, for real? Okay, that's crazy. I would have thought that it would have come before high school. No, no. I, and I think, I don't know. I think as I looked at myself and I was just like, hmm, I, I don't look like, you know, these certain people that were out or whatever. So it was just, it was just something I loved. I enjoyed singing and acting. I just loved doing them all. 
So how long after high school was it before you had a paid gig? It was immediately after. So we graduated like June and I went to a local college. I went to Cal State Dominguez and it was literally across the street from the back of my mama's house. But my, one of my good friends, she was like, well, I need a roommate in the dorms. So I went and moved in the dorms and it was, that we started school in August or something. So by September, I was doing, I was already, I had a gig. You know what? So you made a decision after high school that it was something that you wanted to do. And then immediately. Yes. So I what mean, I did, what I did was I said, I'm going to be in a scene group because girls groups were big back then. Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, I'm going to be in a scene group. And I had my, my two friends from school and they were a great, younger than me so they were still in school so we would we would do stuff and sing on the weekends and practice and rehearse and then when opportunities came um the first professional opportunity was really a happenstance chance thing that came up so my sister she's a singer and she's 11 years older than than I am and she was called to do a session and she said oh I can't do the session and she asked the guy can I send my younger sister with her group friends because she knew I had a little singing group and he was like yeah 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 that's fine you know time to come through and she said oh it's in Torrance where which is right literally next door to Carson where I grew up like five minute drive you know you're in Torrance so she said oh right down the street we know studio take about 10 minutes to get there I said oh perfect so we got in my car we all went I'm like okay y'all you know we don't know we're gonna make some money And so we walk in and it's freaking Dr. Dre sitting there with a young lady and her name was Misha Lay. And he was like, we need you guys to do some background. She didn't say anything. She was just looking at us. And I was just like, okay, what you want us to say? You know, I'm excited. I knew he was from NWA, you know. And um, it was, we did about five songs and Eric Easy E came in there and was like, I said, so who's gonna pay us? I was trying to be nice at first. And he said, Oh, Eric's gonna pay us. Because remember, Michelle was on Ruthless Records with Easy E and the NWA and all of them. And I said, um, okay, where's our money? And the other girls, because they were younger, they were kind of scared. And I said, Oh, I hate that I got to get like this. So I said, Eric, you need to go get our money. And he was like, Come on, jump in the Jeep. He had a Suzuki Samurai, jumped in. He had an ATM card. I was like, what is that? How you gonna get the money with that? The bank is closed. Because you know I'm young. They were all, they were all five years older than us. Five or six years. So they were like, this is how you get money out the bank, girls. New thing. So he goes to the ATM, gets our money. He gives us $75 each, you know, for three songs. So, you know, on her album, it doesn't say our names. It has our group name, which was Times Three. But he wrote it as X apostrophe S three which we wrote it times t-i-m-e-s three so even now to this day i'm still trying to get that updated because i have to prove x three is really times three because i have proof of times three mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. on the i mean i have a, i have a, i have a gold plaque that he did um give all of us for her record but it's you know times three right so yeah but that's me singing on something in your heart i did like I did a lot of songs where there was mostly me doing the singing behind her. Mm-hmm. So when I listen back, I'm like, that is me. And then she might have went on top and did like one note to make it her voice. 
that's how I did. That's how I started that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I got a couple things that bubbled up after listening to that. Okay. Number number one, it's so powerful the fact that you you made a decision and like then immediately something happened. I mean, how many other times in your life right. have you experienced that where you've been clear, you've made a decision, and then immediately something happens yeah. as a result of what you decided? Um wow, you know what? When it happens, it's when I know that it's God moving, to be honest with you. Um, because I, I've always been a Christian, grew up a Christian. At that age, I didn't understand that, right? I just thought like, oh, cool. Just, ooh, how lucky are we, right? But over time, when those things have happened, I realized it's God. Um, it's happened a few times where it's just was like, boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, from there, um, you know, I went back to the studio and that's how I got on the Snoop record. It was, it was just like, one of the girls was like, hey, drop me off. I'm going to the studio and I'm going to hang out with Dr. J. And then when I was there, he was like, oh, hey, since you're here, sing on this other song. He wanted to remake uh, Yarbo and People's Don't Stop the Music. And he was like, Nate, this is Nate. He's going to sing the man's part. And I was like, hey, Nate, I, who knew he was Nate Dog, right? I'm like, what's up, Nate? You know, and he's like, oh, I was, uh, you know, and we just laughing, but um Snoop ended up not liking that song we didn't even record it so I was going to leave and then he said hey y'all go in the studio and everybody sing this chorus with me. so we all got in the booth we're like what are we gonna sing and he said he was singing the song the infamous hook Snoop Doggy Dog Snoop Doggy we all did that and so we were all around the booth hey you know so then I was leaving and he said, Shana, can you go in there and do some ad-libs? He said, if I keep it, I'll make sure you get paid. And I don't knew about the Michelin at that time. I said, no, I need to get my credit too, because you didn't even give my credit. I'm just fucking. And he's like, just get in the booth and do the, do some ad-libs. So I'm from the church. I said, what do you want me to say? He said, whatever you want to say. Nowadays, I know that's, that could be considered songwriting, but I didn't know that then, right? Because mm -hmm. the producer, he told us what to say for the hook. Dre, but he didn't tell, it, tell me what to say. For the outlets. But so I just went in there and I, I said, you know, these jokers over here getting high and everything. So I said, I'm going to sing different than how Jewel sings. Jewel, she was the, the lady of death row, but she did all the runs and stuff. And I said, I'm going to do what I know how to do. And I'm going to, because at that time I've done a few sessions and I knew how to give a good 90s vibe with air and straight tone, right? For those that don't know what that is, that means like no vibrato you know, and just kind of holding that. He listened to a lot of 90s R&B, he'd have that sound, right? So I had been doing sessions by then, but just demos, unknown stuff. So I went in there and I just said, okay, doggy, dog, doggy, dog, doggy, dog. I just did everything slow. What is his name? Snoop Dogg. And the dog found. I just kept everything like that and did the whole thing. And I was like, wait a minute, let me do it again because Snoop, y'all call him Snoop, and I said Snoopy. And Dre was like, we're going to keep it. He said, <laughs> if it makes the record, I got you. Of course, that didn't happen. So that's another story. But I've been fighting that. I've been getting some clearance on that. But that's one of those things where I knew that was God, right? because I just happened to be there. And even though the song is big now and I'm still fighting to get 
credits and things like that. It's just God has been opening doors this year for me, you know, where I got a platinum record. I got a gold record. I'm getting like, I got a billboard award, like different things where it's like, yeah, I didn't get it 30 years ago. I'm still trying to get the coin, trying to get the coin. But um, it's been a struggle. But I but I still believe that was God's right, doing that. So, it, but it just happened like that. There was things where I went to do a play. There was things that I got to do. And I did a national play. All these things kind of fell in my lap. Hmm. And I knew, okay, this was God, you know, just opening a door for me. Or mm-hmm. I did one thing and I met someone who remembered me and brought me like my entire career was a lot of who I knew, who I met. And I wasn't afraid to take small jobs. I think a lot of singers nowadays, they're like, I got to make this amount of money or I'm not doing it. Who are you? Build your resume. But back in the day, we didn't have the internet, social media. It was all about who you knew. If you were there, you had to sit there, be in the studio and just wait and see if they were going to. You know, if you are a rapper, wait and see if they're going to let you rap. Wait and see. That's how I was. So a lot of us don't have the credits that we deserve back then. But I always tell new and young people, like, y'all don't have that excuse. You can be on social media and be like, yo, I'm at the studio with, look, Dr. J. Boom. That's your proof, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have that. You know, you can be like, hey, where are the split sheets? Let's divide this up properly. Here's my SAG after paperwork. Make sure I get my credit with the union because the union is going to track certain things. The AFM, it all trickles down. The AFM will track how many times the record has been played. There's all these different things that we didn't know back then. And who knew back then it was going to be a digital world now, right? So even some of my plaques, they have a cassette tape on them with, you know, they don't even make cassette tapes anymore, right? So I just think that that was a lesson that I do try to teach other people. So if people are listening to this, it's like, just make sure you take care of your business. Don't be afraid, but take the small jobs because the small jobs lead sometimes to the big jobs. It's all about who you know. This one little producer, he may not be nobody right now and he may can only pay you $100 or something to do a demo, $150 or $200. Go ahead and take it. Do the demo, because you never know. He may blow up. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't put that in this in my thing, but I demoed Nobody's Supposed to Be Here for Deborah Cox. What? I love that song. And I was a background singer for Montel Jordan at the time. Mm-hmm. How did I meet Montel Jordan? I used to do demos for this guy named Ron Wilson. And Ron Wilson was one of my friend's husband who just was trying to meet he break me off a little bit of money. I went to the Valley. I would do those sessions, right? One night, Ron said, roll me to the studio. I want to go meet my friend named OG. It's, and it's O-J-I, not the OG. And I said, I, I get it now. I'm talking to OG. He's like, hey, so you do demos? Give me information. I look, there's Montel Jordan. And I was like, man, you talk. And we just got along. We realized he was a Kappa. I was a Delta. We just we just got along. Well, I am a Delta and I was, but we just got along. And from there, he was like, oh, well, I'm looking for some singers. Just come on. No audition. You know, so things just, then for OG, because this is how I do it. You'll hear Montel say, OG's got the flavor. Yeah. 
he's talking about the producer, OG. But people think he's talking about the gangster, like we the OG, OG uh -huh. Pierce, you know? And so I did a bunch of stuff for OG that led to a whole bunch of, to real gigs, you know? And being on Montel's band, he had a keyboard player named Chef Crawford. Chef Crawford was his friend from school, inspiring producer. Montel had a rule where all of us background singers would get paid. We would come in the studio and sing on their demos. We would just, we would do that for them. Chef wrote and produced, nobody's supposed to be here. And he has a documentary that he just released recently on YouTube. I need to post about it because he does mention my name in it. But um, I went into the studio, he's like, look, this is for Patty LaBelle. Shauna, I need you to make it big. And I was like, that's too hard for me. <laughs> but I said, you know what? Let me do it, right? So they took it line for line. And we and I did all this. I spent all my life, you know, did all that. He was like, put it out of the grotto. Make it big, you know? And I even when I do that high note at the end, I do a woo, I was out of breath. The different guy kept the woo. And it's just like a famous part of the song, you know? So it's just crazy how things just fell in my lap. But now I know he's God orchestrating my life and putting me in places. And he put it in my spirit to be the type of person open for things. Because if I would have been somebody like, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing no demo for you. Who are you? <laughs> like these people do now, some of these singers. Mm -mm. I wouldn't have had none of these doors opened up. I know I went on a tangent. My bad. <laughs> no, that's a great, that's a great tangent. I love it. I love your tangents. Um, man, there, there's so much like swimming around in my head right now. First of all, it's like, you know, there's so much information that's available now. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's an advantage, but then it's also a disadvantage because listening to you tell your story, it's like, because you didn't know some of the things you didn't know, you just, we're moving. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes artists can get so wrapped up in the, how is it supposed to be? Yeah. What am I supposed to know that it almost is debilitating because then, then there's no move. So busy trying to way to do everything. Right. You know, um, I would say that is a, oh, wait a minute. Now it's lagging. Okay, say the last part that you said. Um, what's the you know, what's the last part that I said? Uh, yeah, they're so busy trying to be right, you know, like follow the right way to do things that it becomes debilitating, and then they they don't they're not there's no movement now. Now they're not doing anything at all. I agree with that. Um, I would say that. Back then, because that's all we had, it's how we did things. We had to be, you had to move quick. You had to go places. You had to be seen. You had to just be there, right? And your resume was your work. So people could say, oh, that's you singing on the da-da-da, or you did this demo, oh, could you demo for me? And I think that nowadays that is can be a crutch for people. But they do have the opportunities now more to say, hey, here's my paperwork. Make sure I get my credit. Um, and I think people are even paying more than the basic stuff we got paid for. 
But yeah, it, it could be. But I think a person could still take advantage of that if they just have that drive. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that I'm picking up is mm-hmm. that you hadn't you you didn't seem like you were a fearful person at all. Like you had a lot of confidence at it seems like a young age because you were in rooms with people and maybe like now those now those people are larger than life. They weren't probably as large in terms of celebrity at the time that you worked mm-hmm. with them. But either way, you were still young and in rooms with people that were professional and you showed up in a way where like you weren't afraid. Where did that come from? I think that came from me singing at five years old. At five years old, my parents had me in talent shows, local talent shows. And I would, you know, I was called the tiny top singer. and I would do things in church and I got used to kind of singing in front of people. And I would say my parents were never really the kind of parents that had to instill things in me. They didn't have to say, you know what, make sure you're confident. I don't know. It was just something that I did. And I think it's always a part of my personality, but they fed into that because as a young kid, they were like, okay, she like to do all this stuff. Put her in this stuff, you know, put her in acting class. Um, so even as a kid, like I did a lot of TV shows and acting and, and that probably not I'm thinking it through. The acting is probably really what prepared me later to be around celebrities because I did acting on shows with celebrities with people you know and I would be a little nervous at first and then it just became like this is the job you know and I learned like these are just regular people it's just regular people like when I did um the Jeffersons I'll never forget um the lady that played Louise was mean she was just but learn now I learned she was a thespian you know she just had that type of an attitude right (laughs) okay and I'm a kid, you know, and you're at the table read, and I'll never forget Sherman Hemsley, Blake George Jefferson, was across from me. And he took my script and he just drew a character. It was upside down for him, but it was right side up for me. He was drawing animal characters. And then I looked up at him and he was like, you got this. You got this. And it gave me a, a jump, right? Because that was one of my, you know, different strokes was my first job. And then I did the Jeffersons and it was intimidating because the, the season when I did the Jeffersons and we had been watching the Jeffersons on TV forever. When I did different strokes, it was their first season. Mm-hmm. So Gary Coleman was just a little boy to me. I didn't realize he was older. <laughs> and then, uh, but Jefferson, I knew the people. I was like, oh my God, I'm sitting here with these people. So he said, you got this. And it pushed something in me. And then the other little shows I started doing and little things. I think it built my confidence. So by the time I got out of high school, it was no big deal for me to, I knew who Dr. Dre was. He was from the MWA and they were popular. My biggest thing was like, don't bring no drama up in here, y'all. I don't want to be running for my life. That's how I used to talk to them. <laughs> I used to think crazy stuff. <laughs> when I think back on it, I used to be like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I ain't the one that, uh-uh. You know, but it just built me up, you know, and then I don't know. That's a great, I, I would say probably that though pushed me. Okay. Now, because you're a Christian, was it ever a challenge for you in terms of who you were working with? 
I mean, like, was was that ever like a second thought? Like, should I be working with this person? Or did you not think in that way? You know, sometimes you can get kind of yeah. narrow-minded. when you Yeah, there was no like labels and categories. Mm -hmm. I would say, so I grew up Baptist. And out here in California, the Kojiks were more the strict, you know, Baptist had some rules. You couldn't wear your pants and stuff like that. But if you was cold, it was like, ooh, you know, you close to God, right? Baptist, you know, we could be hood. You know, you go to Baptist church, somebody be out in the back smoking a cigarette. It's no big deal, right? So I would say that because of the church I attended, it was a huge Baptist church known out here in L.A. named Double Rock. A lot of people from L.A. knew Double Rock. That we, our pastor at the time, he was our founder. We didn't get another pastor, but he was super cool about it. He was like, oh, proud of you. Go make that money, you know? <laughs> but being in the room, there was only one time uh, when I was in my singing group because we had a manager. Suge Knight used to be a bodyguard. And I knew Suge when he was a bodyguard. And his brother um, was our manager for our singing group. He had became it because we got connected, right? We had somebody else when we were younger and we got connected. That probably was the only time later that I kind of felt like, I don't know if I should be just hanging out at the studio. I was seeing some things that I knew my spirit didn't agree with. That was the only time ever that I felt that way. But every other artist, every other time I went to the studio, all the stuff I did for Coolio, um, he would be like, all right, y'all shot in here, put them drinks up and because in the back of his mind, I think he he loved the Lord. I think that he knew a little bit, you know, because I wouldn't tell him to do that. And I would just be like, well, I don't care if y'all drink, just don't smoke in here, you know. And they'll be like, no, 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 y'all get out. So every time I would come to the studio, all the guys see me pull up, hey, Shauna, well, all right, we gonna be out here. You know, and they would make the little joke about it. But they became my friends, you know, so every artist that I ended up working with, it never was really an issue. Even when I worked for Jada Pinkett, like towards, you know, in the 2000s, you know, I was a background singer in a rock band. Um, and rock, that was my first time. And it was very, you know, a different vibe, right? But the relationship that she and I had was so genuine and cool. We used to talk about the Lord and everything sometimes, you know. So I feel like I was able to like have my light shine. Excuse me, no matter really where I was, but I never really felt scared or intimidated or even to be like, well, I don't want them to know I'm a Christian. You know, I didn't care except for that one time I was like, oh, there was some stuff going on in the studio that I cannot repeat and have recorded. <laughs> but let's just say, it was violence, and I witnessed some stuff, and I said, mm, I don't think I need to be here, and I never went back, and so in the end, some people feel like that hurt me because I wasn't able to get all my credits and things solidified while I was still kind of around the people that could make the decisions, and I wasn't thinking years from now, I was thinking this he gonna probably blow over in a couple of years and ain't nobody gonna know who Snoop Dogg is, right? But that didn't happen. So that's why I trust and believe it's gonna turn around for me when it comes to, to the financial piece. God's gonna work it out for me. 
Yeah. Because I did walk away. I did walk away from being around all of them. Mm-hmm. And interesting. It's like, like a, a theme is kind of, I don't know if I'm just hearing a theme, but it's like, you know, just with your decisions and the choices that you've made, you know, it's like you made a comment in someone that, someone might have said that you know that might have hurt you in terms of your decision to not go back and things like that but it's like when you think about the things that we give up right it's like we make choices to protect ourselves in different ways or different areas of our life I don't know how to articulate what I'm saying right now but it's like ultimately it might hurt you in this one area but you're gaining in another area, which is actually carrying more weight. Does that make sense? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Um, but in the moment, I wasn't thinking about that. Did I freeze? Because you look frozen. No, you didn't freeze. Okay, you're frozen. There you go. Move, I just moved my little mouse. Um, yeah, I think that now as an adult, yeah, I can agree with you that God was kind of working through me and watching over me when I wasn't really asking to be watched over, if that makes sense. You know, now when I move, I always pray, like, okay, before I go in the session, before I do something, God, if you stop it for me to do this, shut it, shut down the opportunity. I wasn't doing none of that back then. I was just like, oh good, okay, cool, and living life, you know. So when I look back on it, yeah. But I I was hurt by that statement because I was afraid that night that I witnessed some things and I had never, ever been afraid ever, Mm -hmm. ever. So I was afraid that night and I don't really think I've ever really publicly said it. Now I'm thinking about it, but I, I was afraid that night and, um, for that person to say it to me was hurtful. And, um, but I felt like I can't do it anymore, you know, and I called my brother and, he got an attorney for me to just kind of like send a letter on my behalf to just say like, Hey, I'm not going to be coming around anymore because I had signed some stuff um, with the singing group and we even came out with an album and everything. But um, yeah, I do believe all that was. Yeah. Now, in most of the stories that I've heard you tell, you Mm -hmm. have a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. It's almost like, even though those things happened when they happened like a while ago, it's like still mm-hmm. fresh, you know, the energy I mean, of it all. But then you also made a statement that, you know, it there it's been a struggle. So I'm like, talk to me if you can mm-hmm. about like what is the what is the struggle? So the struggle with the Snoop record is I didn't get my credit. So mm-hmm. in the initial when the record came out back then. The, you know, CDs and stuff came out with the booklet and has everybody's name in there. You know, when everything went to a digital world of streaming and everything, they took those booklets, right? And they took the information. But in the booklets, you might see, like, who was the hair person? Who was the clothing person? You get all this information. You don't get all that when you look at a song now on Apple Music or, you know, Amazon Music or whatever. Um, so my name is not there. So, of course, it's not translated over. In 2000, the year of 2000, after I created, um, an, or, um, it's like a, they call it the AFM Fund, and it's an extension of AFTRA, where they took 
any songs that were hit songs. They don't take every song that's in the after database. They just take the hit songs from gospel, country, rock, everything. All these labels put millions and millions of money into this bucket, right? And now for every project, if something goes big, part of the royalties, 5% is given to the AFM for that record. But that has to cover um, musicians and singers. So you do a song with someone, for example, and there's three live musicians, it's four of you guys, you're going to split that 5% four ways. Mm-hmm. Ideally, let's say you do a rap song and you're the only singer, you would split something, you would get the whole 5%. And that is the way that they started doing the royalties to help singers and musicians. Because we legally can't get writers, you can't get publishing, you can't get mechanicals, all of this stuff, right? So for the Snoop record, I'm, I was trying to get that. So maybe about Right before the pandemic, I probably would be like the end of 2018, early 2019. I was connected. I, I kept calling the union. It wouldn't help me. And then finally, this, I said, lady, look, this is really me on this song. I would not keep calling you if I was this random person, right? And I said, can you at least tell me who's already getting royalties? Because mm-hmm. I was worried that they had listed Jewel since she was the singer. But she, at the time, she was not listed in there. She said, oh, a lady named Nancy Fletcher and this guy, he's a musician. So there was two people. Now, granted, this has been almost 20 years. These people were getting that 5%. They were splitting down the middle. They were getting some nice checks. So she said, I said, Nancy Fletcher, call my friend. You know Nancy Fletcher? She said, yeah, here's her number. Call her. I called her. When I called her, she said, I've been looking for you for 20 years. As soon as she heard me start talking, I didn't have to sing a note. She said, I know it's you. She said, because I asked Dr. Dre. So what happened was, remember I said in the beginning of this, he made all of us go in the studio and sing the hook. Mm -hmm. He ended up, I guess, taking that off. And he had Nancy. He, I think he left a little on the bottom, but he had Nancy come in and she sang on top of it. So Mm -hmm. she got all the credit. Mm -hmm. The other guy was a musician. He played bass or something. She said, I'm going to write a letter. She wrote a letter on my behalf and um, got me added to that. So I had to go a backdoor route, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't go to normal, let me get death row records to do something for me. Proved it was me. So for a couple of years, we were splitting it three ways. I just learned recently, I don't know how this happened, but two more names are added on there. <laughs> and the people are deceased. I'm like, Two people got added. So now our 5% is being split five ways. My point of saying this is all of that that I'm singing at the end of that song, I should have gotten featuring status, which is the Snoop Dogg featuring Shana B. But back in the day, they didn't do that. You didn't get featuring unless you were already a known artist. There's another interview, a podcast with Little Mo. You ever see it, find it. Little Mo talks about that because she did all that stuff for Ja Rule. Fabulous. And do you know she didn't have no credit at first? Mm. It took her getting a record deal like the next year and her people having to go and say, look, she's an artist. So then they said, okay, featuring Lil Mo. Because that's how it was back then. She talks about that. I was like, I can tell you that all the time. But I never became an artist, right? So 
Nowadays, the law is if a person sings over so many bars, they automatically get featuring status. So you'll see the song. Let's use PJ Morton, for example. PJ Morton uses a lot of people we ain't never heard of, but they can sing their face off. And it'll say featuring PJ Morton featuring blah, blah. Because it's the law. He has to put, they get featuring. Now, with featuring status, what makes it so special, remember, the singers and bands get 5%. The artist gets 45%. Now, the artist could be a group. They're going to split that 45%. But in this case, the artist is smooth. So he's getting royalties as an artist, 45%, just off of that song alone. He also gets it for the album. He also gets writers. He also gets publishing. He gets, so he's getting paid, which he should be, right? Mm -hmm. All I'm asking for is if you make me feature in status, he would have to split the 45% with me. But I can't go back 30 years. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's principle because I have imposters out there that were saying it was them. So now I went on a social media campaign and it's been going viral. People been, I've got all kinds of people that's hit me because it's like, we they just did an article with me in OK Player Magazine. It's the unknown singers of the 90s. And it's me, it's, it's the girl from Thuggish Ruggish Bone. It's, it's about four or five of us, the girl Nancy Fletcher. Cause mm. people don't know, she's like singing that ring, ding, dong, ring, ding, 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 dong. Hey, you sitting over there, that's Nancy. <laughs> Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that um, if I can get that, that's why I said that's what I'm trying to get. Because that, which man, the world is telling me, I've even spoke to attorneys, it's going to be hard because you're dealing with death row records. You're not dealing with Sony. You're not dealing with blah, blah, blah. So no one, they don't want to help me, right? And mm -hmm. or people to say, what artist is going to give you half of their 45%? But I believe in a God because he allowed me to walk away knowing I didn't have all my stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That he can turn this around. So I believe that he can do this and I'm just waiting because he's been showing me little things in my face. Look at this. Look, 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 you're getting this, you're getting that. Like while I'm talking to you, I haven't hung the plaques of it. I'm just looking, right? That's why I keep looking over there. The plaques are sitting on the chair right there. But it's like God's showing me. It's all right. So I'm just praying that one day I can, I know so many people and they won't connect me with him, but I can at least get a meeting. If I want a meeting and I feel like if he tells me to my face, he won't do it. Then I can, at least I know, and I could do another route if I need to. Right. But I feel in my heart because he has, he's getting money from movies and this and that. It's like, do right by me. And just give me mm -hmm. that credit. And I can get royalties moving forward. If it's used, I just saw a movie trailer and the song. And I'm like, I'm not getting it. Right. So that's what I mean by I'm fighting to get the credit. I got some of it. Like on my social media, I post, you see all of that. But it's that piece. It's the business part that I really need to get done. Um, you know, I could. some people say, oh, that's Dr. Dre. I don't talk to him. I don't even know. <laughs> you know how to reach Dr. Dre. I know someone that does. So they said, you know, they said that he was like, mm, I don't want to get involved. But I'm just like, 
y'all sitting on millions, okay? Yeah. Just let me get a little bit of that 45% or something, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's going to work out for you. Um, but in hearing you even just make the comment about the trailer where you recently, you know, heard the song, that's one of the most amazing and beautiful things about like bringing something into existence and creating something is the fact that you can leave an imprint of something that continues to be seen, felt, and heard. I mean, I don't know how often you sit back and are like, wow, like I was a part of that. And it still moves people to this day, you know? Yeah, I do. It's funny because um, that you say that. I didn't start thinking about that really until probably during the pandemic when I was like forced to sit down and be still. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man. And I, when I wrote my children's song and I was trying to do my bio, I, and I was like, wow, I did. I was a part of some things that were great. Um, or I've had opportunities to work with people. And I'm just like, you know, you hear things and you see stuff happening in social media with these artists and different people. And I'm just like, that was not my experience. You know, mm -hmm. and then I thought about it. Like, even when I worked for Jada, Will was the absolute coolest person. Mm -hmm. the, one of the best people that I ever, like a mega star person. I, like, he didn't treat, he would be like, Shana, doo, 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 you know, and just cool. Like, if we were around them, he just take us places, you know, and I'm just like, God, I'm like, I have some great memories, right? And I'm looking at social media with negative stuff going out there. And I'm just like, God, you allow me, you know, and I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, I used to be at their house. Like, you know, just kick, you know, they would have a party. Have to invite us. Jaden would be like, oh, I'm having a birthday party for Jaden. Um, he was a kid, you know, bring your nephew and come, you know. And, and I looked to my left and right. It was just stars, right? Celebrities with their families and spouses. And some of them wouldn't even say hi. But, you know, here goes somebody. So I, I do feel very blessed. And I look back like, wow, I remember I did this show. And I feel very, very blessed. Very blessed. Okay. So what are you, what are you working on now? Like what, what are you moving towards? So during a pandemic, I released a song called the ABC Shuffle. It's an urban inspired children's song. Um, I just wrote it really quick, like stuck in the house, did everything. I, it was a bucket list for me because I said, okay, look, it's a pandemic. LA was shut down. We were shut down like probably 18 months or something off and on. And I said, I can't go to the studio with kids. I can't bring kids in the studio. We, you know, the vaccine literally was just coming about. All kids weren't getting it. They were like, no kids can come in the studio. When I did my video, they were like, no kids on set. So how do you do a children's song with no kids, right? So when I went in the studio, I did all the background myself. I remember there's one part of the song and I'm saying, yeah, and I'm jumping up and down. And I went in the corner of the room and I was like doing like kitty stuff. And, and we recorded it and just put it in there. People think it's kids, but it's really me. <laughs> Change my voice. So, um, and then when I did the video, I asked friends to film their kids dancing and doing things. 
So the video is like super cute because we just, we edited the video in and uh, with the kids and they're at home. So it gives it this virtual vibe, right? Which mm -hmm. people accept it because we were so virtual, you know, we were in this virtual world, right? So people accepted like, oh, they didn't look at me like, this video looks weird. Why are the kids not, you know? And mm -hmm. so I caught the bug. And so now that because I funded it myself, it's taking me a little time to do the next one. But next year, uh, 2024, my goal is to release another song. I think I'm going to do like one song a year. Unless I can get connected with the producer and we start splitting the cost. But mm -hmm. I'm doing everything myself. I'm kind of like buying the tracks off people. I pay for the videos. And so um, I'm going to do that. And then maybe next year do another one. And maybe by the time I have like three or four songs, then I'm going to release an EP re-release those songs mm -hmm. and make and then I can be eligible for a Grammy for children's music and things like that because they don't do children's song they only do children's album but but God is good even with that because I was just tagging people on social media just tagging 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 people I was following they didn't know me and mm -hmm. and that there's DJ Willie Wow shout out to DJ Willie Wow he's on Sirius XM as one of their named DJs I kept tagging him, tagging him, tagging him. And finally, he DM'd me. He said, I added you to the show. So he played my song, <laughs> sometimes on Sirius XM. And I was able to meet him in person finally. And come to find out he's an Omega. You know, it was just like, and then he introduced me to all these other children's artists. And there's another one called 123 Andres. Shout out to them. They didn't even know me. And they were like, you know what? We You did that by yourself? I said, yes. They sat, did a Zoom with me, gave me some more tips, what I need to do, how I, and so God just been bringing people where I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. It started as a bucket list thing. Let me just do it, see if I can do it. Now I feel like I need to do it. Mm -hmm. So um, they just got nominated for a Grammy too. And then, so this year, it reminds me what you said, if I ever thought about something and I'm like, oh, I was there. Mm -hmm. This year, I think, Three of the five Grammy nominees for children's album were people that I met after I did that. And all three of them follow me, support me, have given me feedback. The other one is Uncle Jumbo. Shout out to him. He does like reggae children's music. You know, he's African-American. And it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I saw the nominees. I said, oh, my God. And I said, all right, God, there you go. You're putting it back in my face to show me. This is possible for you. So that's what I'm really trying to do next. I've got to get that really going, you know, into rotation a little more and build up my social media presence more and things like that. My YouTube, I need people to follow. Please follow me on YouTube. Because <laughs> I, I got the views. But they, I don't have the subscribers. I only have like maybe 300 or something. Only listen, I feel like a broken record when I talk about social media because mm -mm, I'm like, <laughs> they make it hard. They make it hard. It's like, you know, we got people out here with no talent, but they got a bajillion followers that people will give the time of day because they have that many followers. And you have people that can really do some things that aren't putting the time and intention into the social media with not very many followers. And they like not even trying to hear you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And those people are making money because it's all social media. Right. 
but anywho, I don't want to go on a negative tangent. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, man, we're going to have to start wrapping it up soon because we've okay. been on here for a minute. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> but um, so so what is it that you love most about about singing? I love bringing joy to people. And when I, even when I perform a sing background with people, I've had people come up to me and they're like, I watched you the entire time and you made me want to get up and dance with the artists. And I'm like, and I've learned over the years that part of my fabric of my being is making a difference. So like the community service and volunteering, things like that. And so I enjoy in my singing, especially with the children's music, inspiring and making a difference. Um, when I was not doing that, I enjoyed performing because I did the acting thing. And on stage, it is a bit of performing because people pay money to see people perform and they look at everything. They don't want to see a background singer half standing there. They not singing. You know, they enjoyed it, especially when I was with Anastasia. She's a big pop star in Europe. We had their choreography. We had Dorianne Gibson, the famous choreographer people know from bad boy and everything she was our choreographer for anastasia with pop so we would be singing uh, da, 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 doing all that stuff and i just it just brought me joy to like see people and dancing and doing it yeah that's what i really enjoy i love performing i love performing and singing love performing and you don't even have to be necessarily the one out front mm -mm. people get caught up in that too it's like almost as if you're not the one that that is out front you don't have as much value but it's like and that is so great that you said that that's great that you said that because that even falls with singers that are just in the church right and they're doing praise and worship it's not always about the leader that's mm -hmm. in the front especially now you can see everything online people be looking at the people in the back <laughs> if you're not smiling or you know so I do feel like that's across everything. And some people may look at it like that. I'm not the artist. That's performing. But it is, it is a form of performing. But it's, it's so that you can get your message or whatever that is to the people that you are ministering or performing to. It's all mm. the same. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone contributes. Everyone contributes to the energy and, you know, what's being created in terms mm -hmm. of the spirit, the ambient, like all of that. Like everybody mm -hmm. plays a part. Yes, they do. Everybody plays a part. Mm -hmm. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Shauna. It's always hard to, to wrap up. I'm like, I could just keep talking <laughs> to you. I, I, I love your stories. I love everything that you have shared. I thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing the things that you've shared. Um, yeah. And, you know, hopefully you know, we can have you on again in the future. I would love that and I appreciate you and thank you for allowing me to share my stories. And, and that is a part of this that people hear it. Um, you know, I like to tell my stories because I got receipts, right? So <laughs> this helps me. This helps me too. So I appreciate you so much, Melissa. I do. Thank you so much. Okay, but before we get off, you know, speaking of social media, you have to, you know, you have to share information. How can people connect with you? How can they find you? Like, give us all that. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, 
Twitter. I ain't on Twitter as much. And TikTok. <laughs> All four of those, I'm under Shauna D. Sinks. And it's spelled like that. S-H-A-N-A-D-E-E-S-I-N-G-S. All one together. Yeah. On YouTube, you can find me under Shauna D. Sinks. But I am asking, if you follow me on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button so I can and so I can build up my followers and hopefully start getting a, a little bit of something from them. But and you can follow me on all platforms under Shana D. Sings. Love it. You better be on TikTok. I wish I was I'm on, on TikTok. TikTok. I'm on the tick and the top. It's too complicated for me. I'm not it's on the not. TikTok. It's not. When they, I can show you. It's, uh, and it eats up too much space on my phone. So I took it off. Mm-mm. But um, okay, y'all. Listen, <laughs> you have to follow Shana D. Okay, she's everywhere. I'm gonna repeat that Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but she's not on there that much. TikTok and YouTube. You got to subscribe on YouTube. And you know what? We want you to subscribe on YouTube too at Creative End Projects because we need yes. more subscribers. You can do more things when you have subscribers, like go live. So, anyway, and as my we song is available on Spotify, everywhere, title. <laughs> Amazon Music, Apple Music, all streaming platforms. And so I would love it if you have kids or working in uh, education to support you. And that's the ABC Shuffle. The Shuffle. ABC Shuffle. All right. So y'all go support, get that song, download it, all of that stuff. You must do it. Okay. All right. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, you guys, once again, you've been listening to For the Artists. Brought to you by Creative and Projects. Uh, oh, shameless plug. I got my um my G breads on today, my G bread jingle jangles. Super every cute. year, every year we do um like a holiday earring. So this was the one, the style that I made this year. So if y'all want to get that, go to the website. You can get a pair, but you got to order it before the 20th. Okay. Creativeandprojects.org. So until next week, you already know what it is. I want you to keep creating and hey, give it up for Shauna D. Go check her out. Follow her, subscribe and get that ABC Shuffle song. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.